Hey, good morning and happy Easter. We are really happy to be with you this morning. Thanks so much for inviting us into your homes. And I'm Ray Johnston, and I'm one of the pastors at Willow Creek, and I'm thrilled to be here today. Although, let's admit it, man, let's just get real. This is a weird Easter. For generations, we have been gathering. Now everybody's in their home hiding. I mean, for generations, we have celebrated hope. And now I think we need hope now more than ever because most of us are hiding in our homes. We're sort of clutching our you know, disinfectant wipes. If you're lucky, you still have a roll of toilet paper left over. Or things have blown up on the internet like this. Shopping has been frustrating. <laughs> I'm going to the store. Do you want anything? Okay. Parents have been frustrated homeschooling their kids. This was my favorite. I saw my neighbor Tammy out early this morning scraping the My Kid is a Terrific Student sticker off of her minivan. Guess that first week of homeschooling isn't going so well. Okay. Even birthday parties are different. Here's a little kid's quarantine birthday party in his crib. Okay. Dogs are now training us on how to avoid touching your face. Or my favorite two are these. Uh, a woman wrote this, okay, I just need a rough estimate as when we're going to get out of quarantine because if the answer is summer, I need to get skinny, but if the answer is fall, I'm not going to bother. I love that. But my favorite was this. Check it out. Your grandparents were called to war. You're being called to sit on your couch. You can do this. This is just great stuff. And it's this weird, let's admit it, it's a weird Easter because we're all kind of locked in our homes, which is exactly what happened on the very first Easter. Check out this 2,000-year-old verse on the evening of the first day of the week. It's Easter. When the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear. That is exactly what was happening back then. Matter of fact, if you, I've actually busted out John chapter 20 and John chapter 21 for you because there's a before and after they understand Easter picture. And here it is, okay? Before they actually understand the impact of the resurrection, before that, they're filled with anxiety, insecurity, confusion, discouragement, weak, doubt, guilt. So this looks like America right now. Most of us are anxious, insecure. I don't know what the future holds. Racked with fear and then they understand Easter and everything changes and anxiety turns to courage and confidence and the whole after picture of the impact of Easter is all about one thing and here it is. Easter changes everything. Easter actually changes everything. And on Easter Sunday morning, the disciples, I'm going to come closer, got excited about that. On Easter Sunday morning, the disciples walk into that room filled with anxiety and fear. Something happens in that room and they walk out of that room. They're no longer afraid. They walk into the room racked with doubt and filled with guilt and regret. Something happened in that room and they walk out filled with faith and they're never the same. They walk into that room and they are crushed by despair. They walk out of that room and they live with courage. One minute, they're defeated. Something happens in that room and they're dynamic. One minute, they're literally crushed, discouraged, hopeless, and they're hiding in a room. They're whimpering, fear-filled cowards. Something happens to them in that room, and they explode out of that room and change human history, and they are never the same because of what happened to them in that little room they were in. Our prayer this morning 
And my prayer this morning, and I wrote this message because I believe this, there are four things that they understood. When they walked into that room, they discovered four things. And because they discovered four things, they felt better, they lived better, they loved better, and they had a future they could have never had. You are brought here by God this morning. Because if you understand what they got on the first Easter, every single thing can be different because Easter changes everything. Matter of fact, I got so excited about this. I wrote a book. It took me about two years to write this book because, and this is, I literally went, Easter changes 30 things for all of us. If you'll access it, for example, because of Easter, you can develop a confident faith. You can receive eternal life because of Easter. You can discover you actually matter to God, even when you're not religious because of Easter, you discover you can live with God's power. You can trust your Bible. If Christ is alive and is who he claimed to be because of Easter, you can trust his claims. You can actually know God. You can overcome fear. You can let go of guilt and get free from your past. And you can actually know God personally all because of Easter. And I'm going to take a few minutes this morning and highlight four of these things for you because these have been life-changing for me and my family. And I'll tell you that story at the end. Number one, discovery number one is this. They discover to their shock, Jesus, who they thought were dead, he's actually alive. Matter of fact, Luke puts it this way. He is not here. He has risen. Those three words, he has risen, those three words are the three most important words in the entire Bible. Those three words are the reason a billion people will gather worldwide. And 60,000 of you will tune in and watch this. Why? Those three words, he has risen. Those three words are the reason the Bible has been the best-selling book for 350 straight years. Why? Because of those three words, he has risen. Those three words, he has risen, separate Jesus Christ from every religious leader in history. Okay, I made a list. Buddha, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, L. Ron Hubbard, Mary Baker Eddy. All of them have one thing in common. You can go and visit them at their grave because they are still there. But you can't go visit Jesus Christ at his grave because he is not there. He has risen. Maybe the best way to describe this is this. I'm going to tell you about a guy... He was in Brazil and impacted his nation unlike anybody else. He really he was nicknamed the Billy Graham of Brazil. During his lifetime, he led 250 crusades in Brazil. He led more than 1.6 million Brazilians to Jesus Christ. One day, he got a phone call from the local university and they asked him to come speak at the in the auditorium at the university and everybody told him not to go. His wife said don't go. His kids said, don't go. His staff said, don't go. They said they don't invite people there to listen to them. They invite Christians there to shred them. And said so they said, just don't go. It's a setup. He said, hey, if I can have a chance to tell people about Jesus, I'm going. He goes, and it was electric. The auditorium is packed. A couple thousand people in the auditorium. And he gets up to speak. And sure enough, it lasted two minutes. And all of a sudden, this this sophomore, college sophomore, stands up and starts screaming at the top of his lungs so much, the whole, nobody could hear a thing. So he finally looked at the young man and said, what do you want? And this kid looks at this Brazilian and says, I got two questions. He said, what are they? He said, question number one. And by the way, when somebody says, I have two questions, the first question is a setup. He looked at the Brazilian evangelist and said, is Jesus Christ really a king? Was Jesus Christ a king? 
and the Brazilian evangelist looked at him and said, yes, as a matter of fact, not only was he a king, he was king of kings. And the kid said, that's exactly what I thought. Here's my second question. If you say he was a king, was he buried in a borrowed tomb because kings can afford their own tombs? And if he's buried in a borrowed tomb, that proves he wasn't a king. The Bible's not true. The whole thing's a sham. The whole crowd got quiet, looked at the Brazilian, <laughs> looked at this kid and said, two things. Yes, he was king of kings. And yes, he was buried in a borrowed tomb because Jesus, because Jesus Christ did not want to spend a lot of money on a place he was only planning on being in for the weekend. That is the exact message of Easter. Jesus Christ is risen. And because he's alive, it's got every implication, which means anything. You can come alive. Everything you knows where death exists, life can happen. Number one, they discover to their shock, Jesus Christ is alive. The second thing they discover, and it makes all the difference in the world is this, because he's alive, here it is, God's power is available. God's power is available to every single person at every single time when you do. Check this out. The apostle Paul writes and says, I want to know Christ and I want to experience the power of his resurrection. What does he mean by that? What he means is this Easter celebrates the greatest power that ever lived. And you probably figured this out by now. I like making lists to help me understand what the implications of this are. And here's my list. What kind of power is accessible to you right where you are this morning? Here it is. The power to let go of guilt. The power to begin again. The power to come back from a broken heart. The power to come back after a failed marriage. The power to overcome a crippling habit. The power to become what you always were meant to become in the very first place. That kind of power. By the way, best way I can think to illustrate this is you're going to this man. Our world is making everybody feel more afraid, more isolated, and weaker. The world has been shaken. What's the key to staying strong in a shaken world? And by the way, our next, our next series, the next four weeks, don't miss them. Come back. You're going, well, this is my, uh, I don't even like God. Well, show up because you and I need this. We, Steve Gill and I are going to do a four week series. And the topic of the series is standing strong in a shaken world. And we are going to give you four things that will strengthen you on the inside. And if you're going, why are these diet, why are these Coke Zero cans here? The key to spiritual strength right here. Here it is. Coke Zero. Somebody's going, you got to be kidding me. These are identical Coke Zero cans. I mean, I bought them at the same place. Uh, They were in my fridge. I just got them out right before this. These two identical Coke cans. And what's interesting is this. They look the same. They cost the same, same exactly amount. And what happens is this. When the world gets shaken and you are pressured financially and pressured emotionally and all that kind of stuff, and it starts to squeeze you, you are either going to remain strong or it's going to squeeze you. It will crush you. It will destroy you. It will wreck you. And it will turn you into nothing but a shell of yourself. Now, I'm putting the same amount of pressure on this can as they did on this can. What's the difference? There's only one difference. Same, same circumstances, same amount of pressure. This one holds up. This one folds up as destroyed. Why? This one's full and this one's empty. In other words, what is on the inside of you? What's on the inside of you is the most important thing about you. I'm a pastor. If I can pastor you for a second, your future will be better 
if you're strong on the inside. Your marriage will be better when you're strengthened on the inside. Your kids, your family, your anything emotionally welling up in you, that will be stronger when you're on the inside. Because here's the deal. Everybody has something at the center of their heart. Everybody, all of us do. I used to teach counseling courses. All of us have something at the center of our life. And when the center of your life is filled with faith, then you can resist any pressure and stand strong. However, when the center of your life is empty, that's when fear rushes in and stress rushes in and discouragement and despair lead to destructive behaviors. And that stuff starts to, the most important thing about all of us during this season is I've got to make sure I am strong on the inside and filled up on the inside, which is why we're doing these services. It's why Willow Creek exists. And it is why we would encourage you not to miss the next four weeks. How do you stand strong? We will give you one specific thing every single week because fundamentally at the end of the season, whether it's two months or however long it is, at the end of the season, you and I are going to look like this or we're going to look like this. Don't let the enemy crush your life and crush your dreams and crush your emotions. God's got a better future for you that stay strong on the inside. That's the message of Easter is this. God's power is available on the inside. The third thing to discover is this. Jesus Christ is alive. God's power is available. And the third and fourth, I'm going to put together just because of time. And here there. Number three is this. You can live with future hope. You can live with future hope no matter what your current bet. I actually think this. I'm with a lot of leaders. Most leaders' number one need right now is future hope. I don't know any mom that can hang a sign out saying, no hope needed. I don't know any dad, same thing. I don't know any business person right now that hangs a sign up saying, no hope needed. Jesus said, even if you take a long look at the very end, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. One of my favorite authors, uh, C.S. Lewis, wrote a great bunch of children's books called The Chronicles of Narnia, which was really written for adults. He just sort of pretended they were for kids. And at the end of that series, in his last book, he decides to write his snapshot of what heaven could be like. And he, the great lion Aslan t- tells these kids, he says, hey, look, you've been going back to earth. He goes, your time on earth is ended. And he literally says, you have died and you're going to live with me forever in Narnia, which is this picture of heaven. And then listen to how C.S. Lewis describes this. He says, the school term is over. The holidays have begun. The dream is ended Welcome to the morning. That's his picture of what happens after you die. And then it says this, rather than being filled with sorrow, the children are filled with overwhelming joy. And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that begin to happen after that are so great and so beautiful, I cannot write them. And he says, and for us, this is the end of the stories. And we can most truly say they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their lives and all their adventures in Narnia had been only the cover and the title page. And now, at last, they are beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has ever read. 
in which every chapter is better than the ones before. I get choked up every time I read that because a couple of years ago, my mom passed away and I was with my mom and she was spectacular. I was with my mom at her deathbed when she passed away and we had a chance to pray and she received Christ and asked for forgiveness. And basically what I said to her is, hey mom, here's the, I'm a pastor, this is legit. Uh, I said, I just wanna basically say this, the first person to go to heaven with Jesus, and my mom says, never went to church, never went to church. He was a thief on the cross. And Jesus said, today, you will be with me in paradise. And I said, the Bible is not about rules. It is not about rituals. It is not about religion. The Bible is about a relationship with a living God that when you hook up with that living God, anything's possible. Forgiveness happens. Eternal life is a gift you receive. And she prayed with me right then. I'm a pastor, which means I'm with people in the closing moments of their life a lot of times. Okay. The last time I did this, I walked in and a friend of mine was in the hospital. And he was probably a couple days away from going to heaven. And he was so cheery. I prayed for him. And then as I'm leaving, he said, hey, is there anything I can do for you? And I laughed and I looked right at him and said, yeah, do me a favor, would you? Look up my mom and tell her I said hi. That's how real Easter makes this. And I've got good news for you today. And here is the good news. No matter how bad things look worldwide, nationwide, no matter how bad things look economically or whatever the future holds, I got good news for you. And here it is. You are going to love your next billion years. God always has better days ahead, no matter what it looks like right now. And because of Easter, you can live with future hope, no matter what's going on. And to top it all off, number four, here it is. You can receive forgiveness and a brand new start, no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on. My favorite character in Easter is Peter, because I can identify with, with Peter. Uh, I, his mouth's always open. His foot's always in it. He... He actually whacks a guy's ear off. He tells Jesus right before Holy Week, he says, hey, all the disciples are wimps, but here's the deal, man. You can count on me. They'll all flake. I'm your guy. And then he does what? He denies Christ not once, not twice, but three times. Okay. And then you turn to John chapter 21 and they all realize Jesus is alive. Now, if you're Peter, is this good news or bad news? It all depends on whether forgiveness is available. And Jesus appears in John chapter 21 to Peter, and I love this. He says to Peter, this public, humiliated failure, he says three things. He says, do you love me? And then three times he says that, and then three times he says, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. In other words, when Jesus runs into Peter after his most public failure, he sets him free from his past, because here's what Jesus does. He asks Peter three present tense questions and gives him three future tense assignments. And the God of the Bible, the resurrected Jesus, the God of the Bible never one time even brings up his past and brings up his failure. That is good news. Is that good news for any of you watching this? Because it is very good news for me. They, and if I can get real personal for a second, this whole Easter, I was an atheist growing up. Some of you know this. I talked a guy out of becoming a Christian when I was 18 years old. Um, this does not look good on the pastor's resume. I still can't believe I'm speaking to y'all. I, my parents ended up divorced 
which was no great surprise because their parents were divorced and their parents were divorced. Matter of fact, if you go in my family tree for 150 years, 140 years back in my family tree, there's one lasting marriage, not one. I got relatives that were getting divorced before it was popular to get divorced. My dad became a big shot business guy in Southern California, ran his own company, and then became an alcoholic, rageaholic, and drank it all down and blew up the home, uh, blew up the marriage. My mom became an alcoholic and... And the whole thing dissolved and disintegrated. And at age 18, the very, very, just I'm going into college after six months of studying all the hard evidence, I crossed the line. And you know what it was? It was Easter. I crossed the line and realized there is more evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ than that Napoleon ever even lived. And the evidence got so overwhelming that I received Christ as my Savior and Lord, and I ended up giving my life to Christ. I had no idea the implications of that. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ, the Christ who's alive on Easter, healed my image of God, healed my image of myself, healed my image of what I could become, healed my scars from being grown up in an alcoholic, rageaholic home. Jesus Christ healed my image of marriage, which needed to be healed because nothing I'd seen for 104 years was crazy. Things getting thrown around the house, crashes. Occasionally, I would have to take the screen off the window and get my sisters, my younger sisters, out of the house to get them safe in the middle of the night because such chaos and screaming and fighting and stuff was going on inside the house. That was the home I grew up with. I ended up becoming connected to Christ. I ended up invading the Bible and studying it, and I ended up being part of a great Christian church, and it transformed me. They loved me. They taught me the Bible and Christ worked on my life. And I'm here to tell you this. I just love it when somebody comes up and says, oh, you know that stuff about the Bible's not true. None of this stuff. Matter of fact, I just don't think Jesus, God, the church of the Bible makes any difference at all. All I have to do is take out my family tree and I show them my family tree because Carol and I have been married for 38 years. We just celebrated 38 years of marriage. And what I'm here to tell you is this. We now have the longest running marriage in the history of our family tree. Jesus Christ is so alive, has so much power, loves you and I so much, and is so committed to your future that if you will let him forgive you and invade your life, no matter what your background is, anything's possible. That's the message of Easter. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that right where you are right now. So I don't, you know, bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're driving listening to this, don't bow your head and don't close your eyes. Okay? But I'm going to give you a chance. If you're listening to this, say, man, this is what I need on Easter. I need strength. I need God's power. I'm lonely. I need God's presence. I need God's forgiveness. I need a clean slate. I need a fresh start. That can happen to you right here right now and what better time for that to happen than right now on Easter. So let's pray. I'll pray out loud. You pray with me silently, but pray with me if this is what you need. What great news we have on Easter. Let's access it because Easter can change everything for you. Pray with me right now, would you? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me even when I didn't believe in you. And right now, I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I let the past go. I believe you died 
on a cross and rose, which means you're alive and right here in this moment. So right now, I ask you to come into my life. I receive you today as my Savior, and I commit to you as my Lord. Be my Lord. Make me the person you want me to be. Thank you for your love. And if you prayed that prayer, like thousands of others have already prayed that on Easter Sunday morning, we want to say this. Congratulations. We think that is the best decision you will ever make. And right now, Steve Gillen is going to tell you how we can get you some great information to build your relationship with God. Because trust me, folks, fundamentally, when Christ's in your life, you don't need to look like this. God's got better days ahead. Standing strong in a shaken world, that'll happen to you. Steve, over to you. Thanks. Well, thank you for joining us for Easter here at Willow. And I know many of you, you just made decisions of faith for the very first time. And I always tell my friends in this moment, this is the starting line of your faith, not the finish line. And really what's key now is to begin the process of growing in your understanding and your practice of this faith. And we have some great resources available to you. If you go to the website, easteratwillow.com, you can get more information or you can call, contact, or text one of our staff. And we'll get back to you and talk you through ways that you can grow in this. Now, coming up at Willow, we've got a great series you just heard about that I think will encourage you and help you grow your faith. Join us online each week at willowcreek.tv. You've got a chat function that you can engage with our pastors, get prayer if you need it. But also, if you've got friends or family who could use some encouragement and some hope, invite them to join us. We'd love to have you be with us. Also, our church is offering virtual small groups, digital coffee meetings with our pastors and staff, daily devotionals, podcasts, programs for kids. We have tons of things. Uh, you can learn more about all of these if you go to our website, willowcreek.org backslash next steps. Now, we know that this pandemic has generated a significant amount of need in our communities and our world. Our care center continues to provide emergency relief, grocery bags, to more than 1,400 families every single week. We're offering employment counseling digitally for those navigating unemployment. And we continue to support local organizations providing shelter for those experiencing homelessness. We're able to do this and much more due to your faithful and generous giving to the church. Now, if you're watching us on willowcreek.tv, we've got easy ways for you to continue to give online. Simply click the Give button at the top of the screen, and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. You can also go to the app right now, or you could text our church to this number, and you can either do a single gift donation or set up recurring donations. Now, if you're in a season where you need help with either tangible things like food or emotional support, or if you'd like prayer or pastoring, please visit us, willowcreek.org or the Willow Creek app to learn more. Again, I just want to thank you. I'm so glad you were here with us today. Happy Easter to you and to your family.